You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore that So today, the rough plan is actually to do a, uh, a doubler. Because as I'm uh, gathering up my coffee and eating my overcooked eggs, the ham makes it a little bit better, but it's still like, God, just why do you have to turn the heat up so high? Ham and eggs cooked properly is delicious, but you mess it up and it is the worst breakfast in the world. I gotta stop making it because it's like one out of every five times it's a delicious breakfast. But anyways, I don't think as, as important as Edge Rusher is, it's gonna take that much time. There's not that much to look at. There's not that many people that matter. It's really just a quantity and quality thing. We've talked about it quite a bit, so I don't want to hammer a lot of the same stuff because when I've gone in several times, talked about how the Packers pass rush can you know granted interior was part of that but um in other words i've talked about it quite a bit so outside linebacker inside line or i should say edge rusher and and linebackers um is what i want to hit today and then tomorrow if there's time we'll just do corners and safeties um and then we'll be done with the little series we'll get back into questions get back into the news even though there really hasn't been any but that's the plan we'll see how it goes preliminaries nothing's changed if you like the show and you'd like to support the work that I do, check the link in the description. There's several ways that you can support what I do. If you'd like to help yourself, get yourself a t-shirt, get in the Facebook group. Otherwise, we are 12 iTunes reviews away from uh, the giveaway. So if you're able and willing to leave a five-star review on iTunes, I would greatly appreciate it. Stitcher is also allowed, by the way. I haven't said that enough because I don't think Stitcher reviews matter that much to me. But it does matter, so if you'd like to, or if you could, leave a Stitcher review. And you don't need to have iTunes, like iTunes is a pain. I don't have it, so I've not even left myself a review on iTunes. Maybe that makes me a hypocrite. I don't care. I do the work on this end, you do the work on that end, alright? That's the arrangement here. But Stitcher is also allowed. Thank you very much. Otherwise, if you would uh, like to have your opinions aired, a What Grinds My Gears segment, if you will, or if you have any questions for the show, I've got a little bit of a backlog, but that's a good thing. I will be getting to all these, but um, let's let's build them up. 608-501-0718. Text or call 608-501-0718. Let's take a little break. We'll talk about pass rushers. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited. 
about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. All right, so similar to the interior, there's, there's some moving parts, but I don't think nearly to the same extent. You kind of know who the big power players are. I'm not as concerned because there's not going to be as much rotation on the outside as there is going to be on the inside. So some of the lesser guys I'm not going to feel as bad about not mentioning. All right, I know the Vikings have Hercules Mata'afa. I don't care. Right, Adea Runa, I watched him in college. I know what he can do. The answer is nothing. Big, tall, strong guy. Couldn't turn a corner in a dune buggy. All right, I just, he's useless. For Packer fans, that's going to be the equivalent of guys like Fadol Brown, Randy Ramsey, Greg Roberts. I see them on the list. They're not going to have an impact. Nobody cares. If you want it to hit a little closer to home, how about Kendall Donerson? Kendall Donerson is not going to be an impact player for the Packers this year. He might play. He might be in the rotation. Doesn't matter. That's assuming he makes the team, which is not something we should assume, by the way. So as usual, we're going to start off with grades. There are two guys in the NFC North as far as overall PFF grades that stand out well above everybody else. In fact, as far as PFF is concerned, for 2018 production at least, there are two guys that are freaks. There are four guys that are good. The rest are average with the exception of three who are bad at this whole situation. As I'm sure you can guess, Khalil Mack is one of them, but the person who is graded just one-tenth higher is Trey Flowers. One is 90.4, one is 90.3. Those two are graded as elite. The four players that were graded as good, Daniil Hunter, Preston Smith, Aaron Lynch, and Zadarius Smith. The three that graded out as bad are not super impact players. Uh, Eric Lee from the Detroit Lions, Isaiah Irving, and Kylie Fitz for Chicago. Everybody else is average. You can figure that one out yourself, I think. Run defense is a little bit more diplomatic. Three players with very good grades, Trey Flowers, Aaron Lynch, and Khalil Mack. Chicago Bears got that on lockdown. One guy who was very close to very good, we'll just throw him in the very good category, and that's Leonard Floyd. So essentially there's four players that are very good against the run. Three of them are Chicago Bears, the best of which is um, Trey Flowers. But still, the Chicago Bears run defense last year, sickeningly good. Little bit of a drop-off down to Everson Griffin. Then another little bit of a drop-off down to Preston Smith and Romeo Arqua. Then you got a bunch of four guys that are barely in the good category. That's Devin Kennard, Fatal Brown, Stephen Weatherly, and Tishon Bauer, none of which are, well, Kennard did play a a good amount for the Detroit Lions. I don't think that's going to be the case this year. Same situation with Weatherly, but I think that was due to the absence of, uh, what's his name, Uh, Everson Griffin. So I don't think any of those guys are going to be playing super much. Three guys were below zero, and unfortunately, Packers fans, two of the three are Green Bay Packers. One, not surprisingly, is Kyler Fackrell. The one thing that should be very surprising to everybody, including myself, the person who was dead last was Zadarius Smith. In fact, Kyler Fackrell and Eric Lee were actually very close to being average. Zadarius Smith, although not a bad grade, there's definitely a big enough gap there that you can't really just, we'll just call it, you know, average. No, he's, he's, Firmly in the below average category. As far as the tackling grade, I'm actually kind of surprised. Some people, some edge rushers, are actually horrific. Quite a few people are horrific. Um, only one is in the very good category. That again is Trey Flowers, which is, that's kind of his thing. He's a good pass rusher, but he's a, a big, 
you know, the, the term I always use, and we're going to have to change it now, but it always was the Nick Perry type, right? There was the Clay Matthews type, the Speed Ben guy, and then you got the the Nick Perry, the kind of a bigger, pretty much all the Packers edge rushers now. That's that's the prototype. That's Trey Flowers. So good pass rusher, but also this is his thing, the, the you know, stop up the edge, hold the edge, tackling, run stuffing. Um, one guy was very close to that, and that's Zadarius Smith. Then a pretty big drop-off. Guys who graded out as good to Sean Bauer, Jalen Holmes, Aaron Lynch, Reggie Gilbert. The people who were horrific at this, I shouldn't say that, the one who was below average, surprisingly, probably part of the reason that uh, he wasn't number one, Khalil Mack, 52.4. We can get into stats, but Khalil Mack, then Leonard Floyd, Kyler Fackrell, Stefan Weatherly, then we get into the abysmal category, Fatal Brown and Eric Lee. Looking at coverage, which is more important for some teams than others, Obviously, Packers and uh, Bears are 3-4 teams, so you got a little bit more dropping into coverage for the linebackers. But the one guy that stands out as a very good uh, player in coverage is Aaron Lynch for the Bears. Guys who are considered good, Trey Flowers, Preston Smith, and then a pretty big drop-off. You get uh, Khalil Mack, Kyler Fackrell, and Leonard Floyd. The only one who is below average, which is so very close to average, is hardly worth mentioning, is Everson Griffin. Everybody else was considered average. Probably because not many people do it, so everybody pretty much is average unless you stand out in one direction or another. And surprisingly, everybody that stood out seemed to stand out in the positive. And then finally, the one everybody cares about. Um, Not surprisingly, Cleo Mack stands out among this group. However, he wasn't given an elite pass rush grade. Uh, He was in the very good category. The other two that were in the very good category, actually right next to each other, Trey Flowers and Zadarius Smith. Then a massive drop-off, Daniil Hunter who was in the good category, but very. So basically, Khalil Mack, 85, Trey Flowers, Darius Smith, 80, Daniil Hunter, 70, then you get into the average. And actually, there's only three guys, excuse me, four that were given average grades, Kyler Fackrell, Preston Smith, Everson Griffin, and Fatal Brown. Fatal obviously doesn't really count because the sample size and whatnot. So really only three. So of the group that are competent, which surprisingly is less than half of the pass rushers in the NFC North, at least in terms of the pass rush grade, there are only seven. Three of which, nearly half, are Packers, Zadarius Smith, Kyler Fackrell, and Preston Smith. Two are Vikings, uh, one is a lion, one is a bear. Most of the rest are below average. However, Kylie Fitz and Isaiah Irving were in the bad category. Actually, uh, Devin Kennard and Romeo Arqua are are right right there also, right at 50. So that's not super great, but I suppose pass rushing is hard. In terms of raw numbers, and again, PFF uses different metrics, so I know if you have these numbers in the back of your head and they don't line up, you got to understand PFF, and I actually kind of like this, they don't count half sacks, which I think makes sense. If you sack the quarterback and somebody else hits the quarterback as you're doing that, you shouldn't be deducted a sack. You hit the quarterback and brought him to the ground before he threw the ball. The fact that your teammate also did an awesome job shouldn't mean you both get deducted a sack. Now, I understand the accounting part of it where if you give both of them a sack, that's going to represent two sacks when only one sack happened. At the end of the game, you're going to have too many sacks. Well, that's simple. Make two different columns, dummy. How many times was a quarterback sacked? How many times did each player get a sack? If they don't line up, it's okay. But anyways, Daniil Hunter was the man among men, 15 sacks. Khalil Mack with 13, Kyler with 11, Sidarius with 10. And for all the Vikings fans who are screaming, oh, how can Daniil Hunter get 15 sacks but not be the top guy? Well, maybe you didn't hear me just say Kyler Fackrell had 11. 
Nobody in Green Bay thinks Kyler Fackrell is an elite pass rusher. He got 11. We're all very proud of him. We're happy he's on the team. We know he's got a little bit of a niche, but racking up sacks doesn't always mean you're the best pass rusher in the history of the universe. I'm going to skip uh, hits and hurries total and just run, run right over to pressures. In this, Khalil Mack was number one with 68. Daniil Hunter had 67. Trey Flowers, 64. Zadarius with 60. I guess if you wanted to draw a line in the sand, that you could say 60 is kind of that category. Then there's a, a bit of a drop-off. Preston Smith had 53. Then there is a massive drop-off with Romeo Arqua coming in next with 39. And then getting into uh, my favorite category, I'm actually going to start with um, sack percentage, which what percentage of the time when you're trying to rush the quarterback, and it's based on pass rush attempts, not just total snap counts, because your inability to sack the quarterback when it's a run play is not a be dumb to include that unless you have to because you don't have the pass rush snaps i do have it so there you go number one not super surprisingly because as you've heard it's a pretty unsustainable thing and it's way higher than everybody else kyler fackrell five percent five percent of the time when he's trying to get to the quarterback he gets a sack next on the list you've got uh, uh daniel hunter and cleo mack at three percent Jalen Holmes, Zadarius Smith, Everson Griffin, Trey Flowers, Romeo Arqua, Devin Kennard at 2%. I should probably back that out a little bit because it's getting too narrow. Let's try this. Kyler Fackrell, 4.5%. Daniil Hunter, 2.9%. Uh, Khalil Mack, 2.8%. Jalen Holmes, 2.4%. Uh, Zadarius, 2.2%. Everson Griffin, 2.1%. Trey Flowers, Romeo Arqua, 1.9%. Then a drop down to Kennard, 1.6%. And it's just a downward spiral from there. Preston, by the way, was 1.3%. So, whatever. Now, in terms of pressure percentage, you've heard me say several times, 10% is kind of where you want to be. It seemed unrealistic when I said it yesterday, and almost no interior guys were there. However, you look at it today, you can see that definitive line. And maybe it's more so true with edge rushers than interior guys, but I still want it from interior guys. And I can say that because the Packers have it with their interior guys. So I can make that the standard and feel good about it. So the guys that don't make the list as far as their total pressures Almost all of them are 9% or 8%, with the exception of Tashawn Bauer and Kylie Fitz. Kylie Fitz because he didn't have a single pressure, because he played 58 snaps, although not really a great excuse. You should at least get one pressure. And Tashawn Bauer with one. Um, pretty much everybody else had 8 or 9%, but that list would include Kyler Fackrell, Romeo Arquas, Stefan Weatherly, Reggie Gilbert, De- Devin Kennard, Everson Griffin, Leonard Floyd, Eric Lee, and Aaron Lynch. For those keeping score, those are the... Uh, those are the top outside linebackers next to Kyler or uh, Khalil Mack, which is why I tend to say the outside linebacker situation outside of Khalil Mack for the Chicago Bears isn't super great, which is why I've gone on to say when Bears fans think I'm psychotic because I'm not giving them just handing over the keys as the best pass rushers in the known universe. It's simply because in my mind it's Khalil Mack and pretty close to nobody. Obviously, you know, some of the interior guys are decent. But Aaron Lynch and Leonard Floyd are actually pretty bad at this. Both of them are 8%. But uh, moving up the list, 10%, as I said, is just kind of kind of good enough. Nobody really has that. Jalen Holmes and Isaiah Irving, neither of which played a lot. 11%, you're starting to get into the, this is, this is decent, this is good enough category. That would be Preston Smith. Then you kind of get launched up. Nobody has 12. These are sort of the top-tier guys. At 13%, Daniil Hunter and Zadarius Smith. At 14%, Fadol Brown, who doesn't really count because, you know, whatever. Although, you know, it's something to look at. When he's getting 14%, maybe give the guy a shot. He had 40 attempts. And then 14% uh, Trey Flowers and 15% Khalil Mack. So Daniil Hunter, Zadarius Smith, Trey Flowers, Khalil Mack are kind of the, I guess, upper echelon 
pass rushers in the NFC North. For those keeping score, that is exactly one apiece. Preston Smith is the only starter that is also in the above 10% category. And then another thing I like to look at is the stop percentage. So again, stops are a considered a negative play for the offense. Percentage would be what is that number compared to your run defense uh, snaps. So standing out above everybody else is somebody that has uh, only 28 snaps, so it doesn't really count, Isaiah Irving. The real top two guys, actually, no, there's only one, not surprisingly, Trey Flowers. The other 15% was somebody else that doesn't matter. But Trey Flowers stands alone at uh, 15%. Then at 13%, Khalil Mack. 12% Daniil Hunter and Reggie Gilbert. Eh. 11 you got Stevan Weatherly, Fatal Brown, uh, Kyler Fackrell. Props to Kyler, man. Well done. Considering that's not considered your strong suit, that's pretty good. 10% Aaron Lynch, uh, Leonard Floyd's Adarius Smith. 9% is going to be Everson Griffin, Griffin and Preston Smith. 8% to Sean Brower and Romeo Arqua. 7% Devin Kennard. 6 is Jalen Holmes. And 0 is Kylie Fitz, who apparently has had zero impact ever in his life. No hits, no hurries, no sacks, no, no stops. Not sure he's ever had a tackle. I don't know what he does exactly. 58 snaps, same as Jalen Holmes, who has a sack and a bunch of other stuff, but uh, Mr. Kylie Fitz has done zero things. So as we zoom back out and look at the edge rushers, and and by the way, I did not mention Rashawn Gary because he doesn't really have any stats. There were really only two additions, uh, Rashawn Gary, who is you know, somebody that you need to pay attention to, and then the um, Detroit Lions went out and got Austin Bryant, which I don't think that's going to matter at all. We'll see. I could be wrong about Austin Bryant, but I remember when people were saying he's a second round, possibly a, an early or a late first round pick. And I watched him, watched maybe two of his games and said, this guy is hot garbage. Not watching any more of this. I don't care if I'm wrong. If anybody takes him in the second round, it just better not be the Packers. So I don't expect him to do very much. Uh, something else that I think is worth noting is that Everson Griffin isn't really talked about too much in 2018, but he was much better in 2017. Now, he wasn't necessarily elite, but he was kind of in that Preston Smith range, the 11% pass rush percentage. I know his numbers look pretty solid if you look at his prior years, 13 sacks in 2017, 12 in 2015, 11 in 2014. In fact, in 2015, he had a 14% pass rush percentage. But the fact that it's going down every year, in other words, in 2015, it was 14%. 2016, it was 12%. 2017, it was 11%. And then obviously 2018, not a good year at all. I mean, seven sacks is good when you play, what, half a year? But still, the percentage dropped. The sacks were decent. The pressure percentage was, which I think is a little more telling, right? If you want to know if a player is good, don't look at sacks, because sacks, kind of like interceptions, can come in bunches. Kyler Fackrell got six of his sacks in two games because he had three sacks in each of those two games. Seven sacks in about a half a year, you look at it and go, oh, he was on track for 13, 12, 13, 14 sacks, whatever. 8% pressure pressure rate. He had 7 sacks, but it was a ridiculously high percentage. He only had 6 hits and 15 hurries. It was a high conversion rate. It was not a good year as a pass rusher. Probably not telling Vikings fans anything they don't know. I'm just anticipating what might be being said from Vikings fans. But still, do anticipate a better year from, from, uh, from Everson Griffin. I think 8% is, even though he's on a decline, 14, 12, 11, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he pulls off another 10%er. If he's kind of a Preston Smith kind of guy, 10, 11% somewhere in there. 8% is bottom of the barrel. That's garbage. I don't think he's a garbage pass rusher. So that's worth noting. Question is, what do you do with all this information? Because the Vikings and Packers are kind of in the same 
area with that regard, right? Because you got uh, Hunter and Griffin, kind of like Zadarius and uh, Preston. Hunter's up in that 13%, same as Zadarius. Griffin was lower, but he's probably more of a 10-11% guy, just like Preston. The difference between the two is Rashawn Gary. If you want to expand outwards and get a little bit more, maybe unfair, would be the interior. The Packers have a better interior than the Vikings do. Now, I know that's, right, based on talent, I would say they're about the same, minus Rashawn Gary. If you look at, you know, potential based on their surrounding people, the other people along the interior, whatever, the Packers are going to give them a better opportunity, right? Daniil Hunter is going to face double teams. Who is Darius going to be double teamed? No. Kenny Clark's going to be double teamed. So you get what I'm saying. It's not so much a talent argument at this point. I'm just expanding outwards and saying beyond the talent, what potential do they have to impact the game? So for that reason, I am going to put the Packers ahead of the Vikings. That's one thing I can do definitively in that moment. Again, because I think Hunter and Griffin are same as the two Smith guys for the Packers. Now, one thing that you can say in, in, you know, rebuttal to that would be that Hunter and Griffin have been doing this a little bit longer, whereas Preston and Zadarius have been kind of not so great. And then all of a sudden in one year, boom, was kind of their breakout years. If you don't buy into that, then there could be a regression, in which case you have an unknown commodity in Rashawn Gary and two guys that aren't very good, in which case they're going to be garbage. But I'm going to stick with last year's production as breakout years and include Rashawn Gary in the mix. And of course, Kyler Fackrell as well, who although unsustainable, still pretty impressive uh, in, in terms of his pass rush potential. And again, the Vikings don't have a whole lot else to lean on. The question is, where do those two fit with Detroit and Chicago? And that's kind of hard to say. In my honest opinion, as much as I think Trey Flowers is an absolute freak, I'm going to put Detroit last. Trey Flowers is all this team has in terms of pass rushers. Again, their entire interior are all run defenders. Trey Flowers is even better as a run defender than a pass rusher, even though he's a phenomenal pass rusher. And you're taking him away from New England and put him in on a new team, even though it's the same defensive coordinator. There's still a question mark in terms of what's he going to be able to do. Now, he's produced, um, you know, he in 2017, he had almost an identical year to 2018. So I don't really expect regression. I mean, I, I don't respect regression because it's a fluke. I mean, I'm saying he might regress going to a team that isn't quite as good. And then scheme plays into it. The, the, the Patriots' scheme, and, and let's not pretend that the scheme is anything other than Bill Belichick. Scheme, the right players, the right play call at the right time, the right situation, all, all that stuff is Bill Belichick. You don't believe me, go look at the track record of coaches that leave New England, go somewhere else, and how well they do. It doesn't work. Why don't you just take the exact same scheme and implement it somewhere else? Because it's not really the scheme, it's the guy calling the plays. It's, 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 and it's not even just calling the plays, because even if the defensive coordinators are calling the plays, it still doesn't matter, because it's the game plan and the preparation going in. It's, this is what the offense on the other team is going to be doing, so this is our plan to take that right, what, what, what is the Patriots' most famous strategy or whatever, take away what you do best. The plan going in is when the, the Patriots win before they even set foot on the field, that's the point. So, you know, Trey Flowers, I think he's a very good football player, possibly even underrated. I like Detroit and their ability to stop the run. I just don't know in terms of pass rush. And again, he's the only one. So he's going to be double teamed all day, every day. So Lions are going to be last in this regard. The, the, the really, really hard question is where do you put Chicago? Khalil Mack is the best pass rusher in the NFC North. Really don't think there's any question. Obviously, the, the stats and the, the grades and everything, it doesn't always exactly line up exactly where you think it is. 
But in terms of talent, I don't think there's any real debate that Khalil Mack is top dog in the NFC North. The problem with Chicago isn't Khalil Mack. It's Aaron Lynch and Leonard Floyd. Now, this isn't anywhere near as bad as, as Detroit because I think Aaron Lynch and Leonard Floyd are, I don't know if they're better pass rushers. That might not even be true. But they're better football players than anything Detroit has. The question for me would be if you could, again, if, if you're going to just have a pass rush unit, what unit do you want? I don't want Detroit's. I'm okay with Minnesota's, but I'm a little worried because, I, you know, I don't know how long these guys are going to be sticking around. Contract situation in Minnesota's not fantastic, and there's not a whole lot of depth. And I'm concerned about Everson Griffin and, and what impact he's going to have going forward. Right, So it's, it's kind of like the Daniil Hunter show in my mind. Packers, there's potential, and they're all very young. Right, uh, Preston and Zedarius signed four-year contracts. Rashawn Gary's going to have a four-year contract plus a fifth-year option. These guys are going to be here for the remainder of Aaron Rodgers' career. It's only, it's only a matter of how good are they going to be. And the, the bottom line is, if I can get you know, 12-13% from Rashawn Gary, 12-13% from Preston and Zadaria, it's really just an open and shut case in my mind. I mean, if we bring in the contract situation with Khalil Mack, it's really not even a question in my mind. Because I'm getting better pr- production from those three Packers guys than I'm getting from Khalil Mack, Aaron Lynch, and Leonard Floyd, and that's a fact. The only hesitation I have is, do I buy it? Do I believe it? And I am worried about that as a Packers fan. I know what I'm getting from Khalil Mack. That's not a question in my mind. I know what I'm getting from Daniil Hunter. I'm pretty sure what I'm getting from Trey Flowers. I have no idea what I'm getting from Zadarius. I don't know what I'm getting from Preston. I don't know what I'm getting from Rashawn. This could be a garbage pass rush unit. You know, Zadarius last year was, you know, 11.4%. Still not bad, but not quite as good. The year before that, 8.5. So, you know, you could look at it and say he's getting better and better and better and better, and that's true, he is, but it's just a little nerve-wracking, especially if we're kind of messing with where he's playing. I, You know, I don't know, you know, he, he played outside, inside to a certain extent. I don't know if, if he's primarily going to be inside. Is that going to hurt? You know, he doesn't have Terrell Suggs on the other side. Is that going to hurt? You know, Preston Smith was 11% this past year. He was 10.5 last year, which isn't bad. The year before that, 8%. Same as, same exact thing as Zedarius, right? 8%, 10%, 11%. Zedarius was 8%, I forget what it was, I think 11%, and then 13%. So it's a little scary. And again, don't know what Rashawn Gary's going to do. You expect a little regression from Kyler Fackrell. I don't know, man. I I, I don't know. And I, I don't even want to do tears because, I, you know, maybe you could put Bears, Packers, Vikings in a tier and the Lions in another, but I don't want to because Trey Flowers had the highest pass rush grade of anybody. And if Arquan Kennard are as good as Leonard Floyd and, and the other Bears guy, uh, Aaron Lynch in terms of pass rush, I don't think they're quite as good, but, you know, again, both all four of them basically useless. It's hard to say there's that big of a difference between the Detroit Lions and the Chicago Bears in terms of their pass rush group. But how do you put the Lions dead last and then the Bears first and then... <laughs> I, it's kind of just pick your own flavor, man. I don't even know if I'm going to rank them anymore because e- even as I'm thinking about it and talking about it, you might be better off taking the Vikings and the Packers because, again, it's more of a sure thing. I don't I don't even think I'm going to rank it. I, it is what it is. You kind of get what you get. I, I personally like Detroit the least, especially when you factor in everybody else. He has no help on the other side. He has no help on the interior. Uh, you know, his secondary isn't very You could look at secondary also. Secondary isn't very good. If you do look at secondary, that definitely leans more toward Chicago, right? You can't get the ball off. You got to hold the ball longer. It's going to help your pass rush unit. So I I, I don't know. I I'm I, in my mind, it's kind of Bears, Packers, 
Vikings in one group and then Lions in another. And I know that seems weird because it should be, you know, Bears-Vikings over here and then Packers-Lions over there. And maybe even Detroit goes with the Bears and Vikings because they got Trey Flowers, who's a true elite guy, and the Packers are by themselves and they're trash. And it feels like that's the right answer, but we're all just... The only reason that feels right in my mind is because the Packers have historically been pretty bad at this. Although last year they were actually quite good at it. And that's that's kind of more of the point. We're thinking in terms of, of Packers of the past. And, and it sounds like I'm being a homer because, oh, here we go. Garbage defense. They've always been terrible. They never have any pass rush. One of the you know worst defenses historically over the last 10, 15 years of any team except maybe the New Orleans Saints, who now have a better defense than the Packers. And you want to pop off about maybe they're as good as the Bears, you're a joke, right? I get it. Here's the problem, though. Statistically, you look at the Packers' pass rush, it was not a problem. And that's with Kenny Clark and Mike Daniels both being injured. We had no pass rush. I'm talking about, you know, Nick Perry with like a 6% pass rush percentage. It was a joke. Actually, I think it was like 8 but it was horrible. Clay Matthews, horrible pass rush. Nothing. And we have an entirely new unit now. We've added... Kingsley Kiki on the interior. We've added Zadarius Smith to be an inside-outside guy. We've added Preston Smith. We've added Rashawn Gary. So you take a unit that has nobody but is still able to produce pressures because Mike Patton is, is doing all kinds of creative crazy stuff, taking advantage of the talent, also bringing corner blitzes and all that stuff, and at one point was the number one team in... I think it was sacks. Or it might have even be, I don't know, sacks or pressures or what. Number one in the NFL with nobody... Better than the Bears with, with uh, Khalil Mack. Better than the Vikings with Daniil Hunter. Now that obviously went away, especially as Mike Daniels got hurt and then later Kenny Clark got hurt and it all just kind of fell apart. But understand, that was the situation for about half the year. And that was with no pass rushers whatsoever. Zero capable outside linebackers on this entire team. You replace two incompetent pass rushers with two good pass rushers. Again, one of them is in the Daniil Hunter category. The other one is, you know, 11%, it's whatever. Add that in with Kenny Clark, add that in with Mike Daniels, add in, you know, Rashawn Gary. I, 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 I'm I not basing it on the previous years, I'm basing it on what I can see in front of me, which is an entirely different defense. These are different players. We, we, we went out and paid for guys that are good at this. That's all there is to it. I'm not judging it based on guys that aren't here anymore. And if you are, that's ridiculous. I'm judging it on Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary. And again, if you add up those percentages across the defensive front, you look at Preston Smith, you look at Zadarius Smith, you look at, I don't know, Rashawn Gary or, or, or whoever it's going to be. We don't know what his number is going to be. But then take in Mike Daniels, who is ridiculous. I think he was like the third or fourth highest, I said, pressure percentage. Then you add in, um, oh, keep, wanting to, keep wanting to say Mike Daniels all over again. Kenny Clark, it's just, again, numerically, it's the best unit. If you isolate the players, yeah, the, the Bears have a better one, the Vikings have a better one, and the, the, the Lions have a better one. But I'm talking about a unit. Just the pass rush unit, the, the outside linebacker, the edge rush unit, the Packers maybe arguably have the top unit. Because it's not just Khalil Mack. It's Khalil Mack and Aaron Lynch, or Leonard Floyd, who's, I think, even a worse pass rusher than Aaron Lynch is. He had more uh, total snaps than any player outside of, of Devin Kennard, and he had four sacks on the season. So if you add up just the sacks, Khalil Mack at 13, that's awesome. What do the two of them have combined? 17. Well, that's not good. <laughs> right, it changes things. 
if you average out the, the pressure percentage between Khalil Mack and, um, and Leonard Floyd, it was 10.4%. As a duo, 10.4%. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm saying. If you look at the Vikings duo, 10.7, almost the exact same, right? Slightly higher than the Bears duo. The Detroit Lions actually have 11.6. It's actually higher as a group between um, Trey Flowers and uh, Okwara. I don't know why I've been saying Arqua. Who was it that was a football player named Arqua? I thought it was somebody. That clearly is not Arqua, though, unless that's how you pronounce it. I don't know. The Packers duo of Preston and Zadarius Smith is 12.2%. And that's assuming that's what the duo is. That's assuming that's the best case scenario. And that's so, so in other words, the Bears have the worst duo in terms of pressures last year at 10.4%. The Vikings were next at 10.7%. Detroit was next at 11.6%. The Packers are at 122 Pretty much the exact opposite of what... If you went out right now and asked, rank the, the pass rush duos from best to worst, it would be Bears, then Vikings, then Lions, then Packers. I would bet you a lot of money that that would be the scenario. It's the exact opposite. Based on last year's numbers... It's the exact opposite. And again, that's assuming Rashawn Gary doesn't step up and, and perform better. The order is Packers, then a pretty big drop-off from 12.2 to 11.6 uh, to Detroit, then another drop-off from 11.6 to 10.7 to, to the Vikings, and then down to 10.4 for the Bears. It's not an exact science, but it's kind of basic math. When the two of you, when, when your two best pass rushers tried to get to the quarterback, what was the, the scenario? 10%, 10%, 11%, 12%. So do with that what you will. Again, I'm not going to rank them, but there you have it. Anyways, I didn't leave myself hardly any time to do inside linebackers. That's going to be a quick one. Uh, this one took a while. But uh, you folks have yourselves a fantastic day. Talk to you later if you haven't listened to the other one. Otherwise, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.